Okay, we're on the bottom of uh, 26B, last line, Omar Shmuel. So, um, it's fascinating that, well, what happens, a person needs to get married, and they live in some small town, and there's two women to pick from. And they're not, they're slim pickings. They're not really, um, you have to pick the, the, the best of the worst, so to speak. You have to, you have to choose from what's available. So you have a woman who's promiscuous, who ha- doesn't have a good reputation, not very good shidduch uh, resume. Mrs. Uh, certain people have, you know, they have a name for that in the Gemara. She's called a doma. So uh, you can either marry the doma or you can marry the doma's daughter. Now, the doma's daughter, the problem is you don't know who the father is. She might even be a mamzeris. And a person should uh, not want to marry it, somebody who, I mean, we, we like to think that, you know, she's the daughter of her married father and not some boyfriend, but you really don't know. So what's, how's a person better off? On the other hand, the mother was somebody, uh, you don't want to marry a wife who wasn't trustworthy in the past, who fooled around when she was married. Um, that's not a good sign to marry someone who has this problem, who... Uh, can't stay loyal to her husband. So what should you choose? So Shmuel says a shocking statement. He says, Yisa Adam Doma. Better he should marry the mother or marry the woman who maybe had made mistakes in the past. There's Chuva. Val Yisa Bas Doma. But don't marry the child of a woman who had a very colorful past. Why? The mother came from good stock. She came from loyal, there's nothing intrinsic, you know, she made mistakes, but she can be brought back to a very pure and holy source, and you can have a good union, whereas the child came from an illegitimate place. There might be something in that child that makes it very difficult to have a, a holy marriage because she comes from a, uh, a tainted source. No? I'm just reading the Gemara. Uh, don't blame it on me. More than just, you know, a Shema. It sounds like Avada. Well, it's the rumor. There's something to the rumors. It's just we have no idea. That she was a Doma, meaning the ladies in the town, uh, the ladies in the town said rumors about her. There's more exposure to the daughter than there is to the, to the mother. I think that's well, that's correct. Yeah. That's no, right. Again, it, it's a, it seems to be a suffix. Rabbi Yochanan disagrees. He says, Listen, the girl has nothing, uh, there's no indication that she's done anything wrong. And don't marry the mother. The daughter has, she's kosher. You, there's no rumors about the daughter. She's a Jewish woman. Why would you assume, you know, she can make a good wife? Whereas the mother ain't no medis pekesus kashrus. She fooled around. It's not a good, not a good option. So it's an, a very interesting machlokus, right? Isn't it what, uh, hard to know what they're arguing about. Um, <laughs> Which is the lesser of two evils. Correct. That's right. <laughs> What's the lesser of two evils, right? Um, there's a question what this word means. It's a funny word, the, the word doma. So um, let's try the Rashi on this. Doma, nitenes, v'nedabres bifnei befi kol. There are suspicions 
and people talk in everybody's mouth al niyafeha that she uh, fools around. Doma loshen kalsa v'dibur. There, in other words, it means like talk against her, like it says in the Duma Irecha Osabach. Vehehi lav kashad. It doesn't mean that we have a stro- uh, testimony. Ela dibur yoser shad nidvachimbo. There's everybody talks about her. Al chavivuseha shabala. That's uh, um, not clear exactly what there, there are rumors about her. There's certain people that there are rumors about. And she's a doma. Everybody has rumors about her. Um, Tosas also talks about exactly what it means. Okay, back to the Gemara. It's not Russian talking about her. The doma, we don't talk about her. <laughs> the word doma usually means be quiet, right? They're not quiet. Yeah, I hear, I hear. But at any rate, so it's an interesting argument. Is a person better off? with her who goofed but comes from a good stock or from the daughter who likely came from those rumors and uh, uh, people have there's a concept that just like you have physical DNA if your parents have bad you know have certain uh, genes that cause problems there's spiritual DNA and so a child that comes from a, a union of sin might, has more difficult time overcoming well the mother might have come from bad stock also it's possible, right? We don't know, right? That's true. But the ch- the mother, we don't. As far as we knew, she came from good stock. There were no rumors about the mother. Sometimes, sometimes you can clarify rumors. Sometimes you can't. Okay. So, anyways, it's a makloka. Meisvei. More the question. No se'anim doma. We learned that uh, no problem. You can marry a doma. You're allowed to marry somebody. There are rumors about. Amar Rava v'tizra, but Rava said, but actually doesn't say no selicha. It didn't say it's ideal. It maybe you could learn it to mean eleim nasa. So maybe it means if you did it, tananami bastoma. It could also mean bastoma. You really can't prove from the wording whether it's preferred or not. So how do we hold? Yisadam bastoma. It's better to marry a woman who has no rumors about her, even if there are rumors about her mother. Even in the old days, you want to insult somebody, you say your mama. You know, that's better to marry a bas doma, valisa doma, and not marry a doma. Because the uh, doma is a woman who there are currently rumors that she's not loyal to a husband, and so that's not, a, uh, that's not an ideal. Now, what do you do there if the woman has been known to fool around? What about her kids? What does that say about the kids? So he says, even though she fooled around, uh, the kids are not considered mamzerim. Why? Uh, the assumption is that she may have had boyfriends, but she still had a husband. And it's still more likely that most of the time she had relations with her husband, and just some of the time she had flings with boyfriends. So you follow the majority, and you could assume that the most of her, the the most most likely, the kids are from her husband. That's the so you can follow the majority, and therefore the kid. You're not allowed to marry a mamzer, a child born of an adulterous union. But if if we don't know, you're allowed to follow the majority as long as she had a husband she was living with, and the child's kosher. Boy, Rav Amram, All right, 
you know, there, there, you know, some women had, it's possible they had a fling, or but that's not so. That's not every day. But what about the woman who's prutsibiyoser, who's uh, unusually, uh, I don't know how you define more than average, you know, who's an un, who's who breaks down more boundaries than, uh, um, you know. So would you at that point say that, you know, all bets are off? So the more said, uh, it depends on if you can predict when you'll get pregnant. So everybody agrees, even a woman who fools around would prefer that the child be from her husband. She wants him to pay the bills. You know, the child's going to come out uh, a different color or a different race. He might not want to pay the tuition. So if so, the debate centers around a question when women most likely get pregnant. There's a debate. One opinion says, that a woman usually gets pregnant towards um, uh, close to the time when, the, uh, when she usually will start to menstruate, towards the end of her cycle. So if women get pregnant then, it's not a question. If most women really don't know when they're likely to get pregnant, so they won't know, and they won't know to be careful not to, not to have the boyfriend that night, uh, and therefore really... Um, uh, you have no, no way to know if the child's from the, the father or not. He, the question is, according to the opinion, most women don't get pregnant at the beginning of the cycle, which they know when they, they, know when they stop menstruating, they count the days, and then they go to the mikvah. With the women in that area seem to know uh, they, at that time. They're regular and they know when they get pregnant. So would you assume that even a woman who fools around will be careful not to get pregnant from a stranger? Odilma, keeping the fruits of Yoser, but maybe since they don't seem to care, uh, lo, they won't be careful. Take it. Well, let's go with Yohanavi that one. Yeah. So the question about is marrying the Doma, right? Uh-huh. So, but we say she has a daughter. The uh-huh. daughter is not a mom, that means she has a husband. No, 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 the daughter... The, well, I'm saying she already married a woman. Doma is already... To be Doma, she has to be married. You're right, she's married. She is a superstitious. Right, that's but right. How the question is to marrying the Doma if she is already has a husband? Oh, she got divorced. Okay. <laughs> so a person chooses their poison, right? They, or the husband died. He had a heart attack. Okay, well, she, how can marry her if she already, you know... Right, okay. right. Yeah, that's what it would mean. Yeah, not while she's married to the previous husband. But it's an interesting question. Um, we, we assume that if a person's married, that most of her, uh, the child likely came from the father. But the, the, the assumption is also that the mother, even if she flirts, prefers that the child come from the father. Is that true or not? What if she flirts a lot? Uh, so does it depend on whether they're likely to know when she'll get pregnant, or does it not depend on whether they're likely to know would she avoid having relations on a time when she thinks she might get pregnant because she wouldn't want to have a child from somebody she's not married to? That's really the... Or once already, she's that kind of woman who's not careful, all bets are off. Can you rely on her, her discretion when she's, in, she's not discreet and um, they, uh, She might not be discreet about her marriage, but maybe she's discreet about her pregnancies. Maybe she has... In she other words... Yeah, that's right. Uh, she had, that's right. Uh, that's a different. Uh, uh, that's a different question. Yeah. Um, 
there are a lot of these, there were a lot of these uh, questions, uh, especially now where you have DNA, like do you still assume it comes after the father or do you take a DNA test and what if they did take the test? You know, is the child illegitimate? Can you marry someone? There are a lot of these type of questions, unfortunately. The Elu, um, uh, the Elu Shebeistin. So then we uh, got into some cases where uh, we were discussing warning. So typically warning is to get them to take the drink uh, if they're fooling around. But we had cases where the husband was not disposed, he was not available, and we said sometimes the courts need to give a warning. Meaning you have a society where the husband uh, is in jail or the husband hasn't been seen, and the wife is acting, there are rumors that she's acting inappropriately. So the, the question is, should the courts step in and say something, you know, listen, we're a Jewish place over here, they, uh, um, you know, something, we're hearing the rumors. So turn her about it. Ish Why does it say a man, Ish Larabos Eishus Keresh? It comes to include the wife of a mute, the Eishus Shota, the wife of somebody that went insane, the Eishus Shimum, the wife of somebody, um, one was a um, uh, temporary insanity, one was a permanent insanity, or the husband's out of the country, or the husband's in jail, Beisden will get involved, and Beisden will give the warning. Yeah. I think it's asking why it says the word each twice in the Pasuk. It says the word each twice? Do you have, do you have the it's, full Pasuk? The what? I see. Okay. There's an extra ish in the Pasuk. Okay. Why does it say a man? Even a man who's not there to stick up for himself, Bezdin will get involved and warn the wife. It's telling you that if a husband suspects that the wife is doing something wrong, that he's supposed to give her a warning. Here we're saying that even the Bezdin will give the warning. What's the purpose of the warning? Bezdin can't take her for a drink. So the Gemara says, that if the husband does the, finds out that she fools around, he doesn't have to give her a Maybe Basin can take her for a drink. She said she didn't do anything. No, the sota is very specific. The husband has to bring the wife. No one else can fill in for the sota. He says, no, Basin can take her for a drink. No, really, I'm sorry. Really, Bezin can't take her for a drink. When the husband gets out of prison, he can take her for the drink. You know, he's a good, you know, he gets out of prison and he's happy to see his wife. He said, well, we got bad news. There was another man living there. But uh, the good news is Bezin gave the warning. So if the wife says she didn't do anything, so you can go take her for the drink. What's the machlokas? You give the warning and you bring you got to be able to bring her right away in order to be eligible for the drink. It doesn't have to be, uh, the basin can give the warning, and then when he gets out of jail, he can take her to drink. Our rabbis learned, It says the woman became a sota uh, and, um, uh, under her husband. This word sota itself, we've talked about that it means like foolishness. She acted foolish. She, she strayed. Lahakish, but why does it say it that way? It means to compare ish isha, the man and the woman, v'isha ish, and the woman to the man. That there's a comparison, uh, the Torah compares 
uh, seems to want to compare the husband and the wife. For what purpose? So Omer of for the following. Kishem she'im husuma, just like if he's blind, lo hayomashka, <laughs> he can't take her to drink. It has to be that he didn't notice, but it, ha- it should be that he would be able to notice. But if he's blind, a blind man can't take his wife uh, to drink. Or if she's blind, so also blind people are, are either he or she are not eligible for something. What if she's lame, or missing the arms, low high sashosa, because the, the sota, uh, the process assumes that they're healthy. The hemida kainis is, she has to be able to stand. There's no wheelchairs in the sota. They didn't have to make it wheel handicap accessible, right? If Neyashem, and Nosen al and has got to put it on her arms. She's got to have arms. So technically, because of the details described, it would exclude somebody who doesn't have it. Because there's a comparison to the two. Correct. If she can't, she's got to swear that she didn't do anything. So if she can't talk, it's not enough if she gives the hand signal. She's got to be able to swear, you know, that she, she's totally innocent. It's interesting that they are. It seems like that's an argument about the last point. Okay. Uh, so. Um, you talk about insane woman, woman who is insane. So yeah. Well, I guess the husband was insane. I think that was the case. The husband was maybe he went insane. Yes, Doctor Yaffe. Yes, as I've said many times before, Rav was blind, so here he talks about a suma. <laughs> was Ravashi uh, also handicapped in any fashion? Do you know? I don't know. That's a good point. So, there's a, there is a, somebody that does a his, historical dafyomi, and that often adds to it. And that, but Dr. Yaffe is pointing out that Rivshashis was blind, and it's interesting that he brought the halacha of the blind person. Um, it's, people have certain areas in halacha that they study for certain reasons because it intrigues them, that it speaks to them. And so they, maybe he was the expert on the blind. That's why he threw that in. It's, that is fascinating, Dr. Yeah, thank you. Okay, now we get a new chapter. Um, and uh, this is an amazing chapter, this next one that's coming up. Um, I'll tell you why. Well, let's... Um, um, what happened was that... that uh, there was a very strict head of the uh, Beisden, the central Beisden, Reb Eliezer, um, was the head of the academy. Um, right? Or, no, I'm sorry, Reb Gamliel. Reb Gamliel was the head, and he ran a very strict show. In other words, he ran the, the Sanhedrin, and he said that uh, we will not allow students to come in here unless they prove that their inside is like their outside. In other words, they would come in with a long beard and payas and very religious. He said they got to prove that we, we can, we have to, we, he wouldn't let anybody in. He was very strict. He ran a very strict um, regiment in the base medrash. And uh, believe it or not, there is a whole story where he got impeached. Um, not for this, for other reasons. Um, I've been, uh, you know, when you're in your younger years, you try different yeshivas. Some yeshivas are strict. 
They are strict, and boys learn discipline. They're not necessarily fun right away because nobody likes discipline, but at some point you appreciate it. it you know, it's it's a you know, it's like a marathon. You know, at all the marathon, they're very strict about what you got to do and the rules and everything, uh, athletics and but but it, as long as you know the rules. It, and then other boys, they don't thrive in a place that's uh, very strict and very tough and very... Um, but uh, so anyway, Gamliel ran a very tough show. And when they impeached him, uh, one of the things they did is once the, he was no longer there, they opened the base medrash. And an unusual thing happened that once it was like open, so people came from all over and they, uh, they were able to resolve a number of issues from all over the world that had not been resolved because a lot of people avoided the base matters because they couldn't pass the test. They couldn't get in. And so during, now they called it Bo Bayom on that day. It wasn't that day. It would have to be a very long day. It means during that time uh, when he was uh, um, impeached. So the base matter, I don't know if that's, that's the closest word we have to what happened, censured or whatever. So uh, then they opened the base medrash and a lot of things got resolved. And so this Mishnah, one of the teachings had to do with Sota, not the other ones didn't. Uh, but this all were taught at the very same time because they, they had a whole bunch of new students that entered. And all of a sudden they were able to discuss new things. Um, a lot of old issues got resolved or there were a lot of things on the back burner Again, he ran a very strict show. You couldn't go off topic. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do it. You know, it was like a... Um, so let's begin. Just like um, the water checks her. The water checks her out. If she was loyal to the husband, she claims she didn't commit adultery. Well, take the drink and let the waters tell us what she did. The water is also... Um, uh, checks out the uh, uh, checks him out. It means um, the uh, let's see. Yeah. Well. I don't know which him. Yeah, you don't know which him. First, Rakadbo Gemara Mefarishle. The Gemara is going to explain who's the him. Is is it the husband or the is it the. Uh, um, but basically, what we're going to say is that it's the, the boyfriend. If she was guilty of committing adultery, and just like the water is going to check her out, is going to make her blow up, he's also going to blow up. As it says, the water comes into her, into her, and it comes into him, even though he's not drinking. Uh, and by the way, some people say, why isn't there a soat? Why can't she take him? It's actually prejudice against the man, because he has no choice in the matter. He's going to blow up. He, he, can't, uh, he can't come clean. If he, if, if he ended up being the cause of this woman blowing up, he's going to blow up against whether he likes to or not. Just like, uh, that's one, and just like um, she is not, if she is guilty, uh, she can't go back to her husband. If witnesses come and we know she committed adultery, she also can't now marry her boyfriend, the man who shenemer, because it says, He says, it says, Nitma, and there's, uh, and it has a vav here, and Vinitma, double tuma. She's, she became defiled to her husband, and she became defiled to her boyfriend, who she defiled herself with. 
In other words, by him having this relationship with her when she was married, he'll never be able to have her. She defiled to both. What? Yeah. She's going to blow anyway, right? Well, that's if, uh, that's if she drinks. But in Nitmevenim, it means if, if they're, even if they, she didn't drink and there was testimony or she admitted. Omer of Yeshua, Kakadosh, the Karya Benakotsev, Rabbi Omer Shnepami, Morim Parsha. He agrees to the concept, but he darshans it from the fact that the word is used twice. It says, Venitma twice. Nitma, Venitma, Echelabal, Echelabal. It's actually from the, it's from the double Pasuk, not from just the Vav. The question of which word do we darshan it from? Okay, but they agree to the concept. Um, <clears throat> Let's try the uh, Tosos. It's a Yishalmi. I had a little trouble reading it. Maybe we can get through it. Let's try it a little bit. Kashem Shemayin Botanoskak Bot. Just like it checks him out, it checks her um, her out, it checks him out. Yishalmi Hamaorim. This water, the cursed water. Omer of Tankuma. Minyan Hamaorim. The number of limbs that these waters affect are opposite Ramach Avorim Shiyeshbo, uh, the 248 limbs of a person. V'nei Ramach Avorim Shiyeshbo, Kishem Shemayin Botkin Oso, just like the water is going to punish her, Al Kol Bia Vibia, on every time she had illicit relations, she Mikabelis Mibala, La'achar Haboyo, every time she... Uh, fooled around and went back to her husband like there was nothing wrong. Kach hein botin oso. Just he also from the that he that it's gonna check him. Kashem Shahi Asura La Akiv Shah but again I I I'm not sure how this uh where this uh, I'm gonna have to work on this Tosus. But let's go to back to the Gemara. Okay. So Bobayom on the very same day, Dorish Rebikiva so let's just do this, Rashi. This is just the background for this. What? Um, oh, that could be. Could be. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to. thought maybe we'd get through it. But no, it needs a little more time to get through that tosis. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because the tosis understands it's actually referring to the Baal, not to the Boaz. Yeah. The, the husband. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's just do this Rashi. Rashi is going to do what I was just telling you. Bobayom, Dorsh Mesectus Brachus, Armenian. The Chohet Tani Bobayom, anytime you have a mission that lists the words on that day, who Yom Shashivas Rebloz Benazar Nisias. That was the day where they put in and installed the new head, Rebloz Benazar, Shinis Rabu Tamidim. That all of a sudden there were lots of new students, Janosna Rashus Lakanis. He gave permission, Lakol, to anybody. He opened the doors. Um, and there also, by the way, there are what they call elitist yeshivas, that they don't accept every applicant, and you have to work, only certain students are accepted. And then there are other yeshivas that take anybody. As long as you want to learn, they open the doors. But uh, so that this, it's interesting that even to this day you have this debate. And by the way, the elitist yeshivas don't necessarily produce better students than the yeshivas that open the doors to anyone. That's, that's also not, not, not necessarily true. Um, but uh, the, the, they opened the doors. Why? Shai Reb Gamliel. Omar Reb Gamliel said, Kol tam toku kabaro. If his inside is not, oh, you don't let him in. But reaps the Torah bo bayom. And they increased the Torah. There was no halacha that was waiting around in the base medrash that they didn't explain. 
Uh, why do we mention this over here? Why are we quoting the Boba Yom Halachas here in Sota? Now it appears to me the Hucht Nami Boba Yomhu. Apparently, this Sota Drasha about the husband and the boyfriend that was also taught Boba Yom. So now let's get into the Boba Yom. Uh, again, these are not connected to Sota in any way. Boba Yom Darsh Rivi Kiva. Rivi Kiva Darshand on that day, the following. It says like this If an earthenware vessel gets a dead creepy inside, Kola Shebetoka Yitma. Anything inside, even though it's not touching the creepy, you should throw it all out. It's all tummy. Ain Omer tummy. It doesn't say that it's tummy. Ela yitma. It says what's inside the vessel that has the dead creepy. Not only it doesn't say it's tummy. It says yitma. It can make other things tummy. That means letame acherim. That if this food touches other food. Limit al kikersheni, even though it's removed, it's a secondary shemitamias shlishi, that it, it can keep on spreading uh, the weed, even though it's not directly touching other foods. We say that it, the, the defilement can transfer. Um, sort of. Uh, well, it's a sheni makes a shlishi, even though the this. This had the, there's the, the food that the dead creepy's touching. There's the rest of the food which is in the same pot at the same time. And this food then touches something else like truma. It'll make it a shlishi. It'll make it tummy. So, Om Rev Yeshua. Now, um, so this was the story. In the previous generation, or they, uh, they, there was a rabbi who felt strongly that contamination goes this far, that not only the thing that touches it, but the, 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 if this touches something else, you throw out the whole thing. So, uh, but he couldn't prove it. And he said, logically, I can show you it's true, but I can't prove it for the psukim. And, and uh, meanwhile, he died, and he never was able his whole life to prove it. And so Rabbi Yeshua said, if we could only take the dirt off his eyes, we could dig him up, we could bring him back to life, now we could tell him this drusha. <laughs> that we proved it. We finally proved it. So he said, He said, If we could only take the dirt off your eyes, we could show you, He was always worried that another generation would come and say it was okay. Because he couldn't prove it from a Pusik. He said, Good news. Hello, Revi Kiva Tamidecha. Your student, Revi Kiva, Mevilo Mikr Minatora, he brought the proof from that extra Yud, Shuhu Tami, Shinemer Kola Shebetocha Yitma. So if only we could tell him, if only he would know, he would chef Nachas, that uh, we were able to prove it. There is sometimes a concept where you know something is right or wrong, but you can't prove it. It, it's a strange thing. Sometimes you feel that way. Like, this is what it should be. I can't prove it, and someone else will disagree, but I, I, I sense that it's wrong. So that's, uh, Reb Gamliel had logic that it was wrong, but Rebbe Kiva proved it. Another ta- teaching Rebbe Kiva. This is about the, the cities of the Levium. There were special cities that the Levium had. It says, What? Uh, no, no. In, in that discussion, he's mentioned over there. In fact, they, they were thinking of choosing him as the head of the... Uh, uh, and then they said, no, they, they needed somebody who was... Uh, so uh, from, from that Gomorrah, 
it, it implies that he was there already. He was in the base medrash. So the Richard is asking, though, why did Rebbe Kiva wait? Um, but it, apparently it was the whole new atmosphere of all the new students and all the new thoughts. It was like the floodgates opened up. Uh, sometimes that happens that there are just certain things that certain days where like all of a sudden people have inspiration. There are other days where you work on learning and it, it doesn't go. That day was like unusual. Uh, things opened up. So Rebbe Kiva Darshan, Umedasim Lukutzeres Pes came up. There were two thousand amas. Umikra Akher says Makor Ir Chutza Elafama. There's a contradiction in the verses describing the Levite cities. That whether there was a thousand amas outside the city or two thousand. Iepshilomer Elafama. You can't say a thousand. Shubar Nem Alpaim. It says two thousand. Iepshilomer Alpaim Amma. You can't say two thousand. Shubar. It says a thousand. Haketzat. So maybe it's like this. Elaf Amma Migrish. They left a thousand amas empty. They left green space outside the city. Alpai Mama Tchum Shabbos. The two thousand was the. You, there's a rule that you're not supposed to travel on Shabbos more than two thousand amas outside the city. He says a little different. Elifah. He agreed there was a thousand amas of green space. The Alpai Mama was Sadus Ukramim. It was specifically for fields and vineyards. Boba Yom Dorish Revi Kiva. Really? And uh, I think it has to do with this Gemara that, uh, that, uh, that those truck were there to emphasize Alpayim Vama. Huh. Okay, thank you. I'll have to pay attention to that. There's an interesting truck there. there. The question is, why is it important? What was the city of, of the Levium about? That, usually these were already Miklots, by the way, too. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Maybe you could try to know the green space, how much green space to leave, right? So, Bobi Yom Darsh Kiva. Rebbe Kiva Darshan, the following. You could bring a proof that, you know, you had to leave a certain amount of green space. That that's important to have for but Rebbe Kiva Darshan, the following. Az Yashir Moshe B'nei Yisrael Seshir Azos L'Hashem Vayomru In the Song of the Sea. Lamor. Shein Tamer Lomar Lamer. Why does it say sang? It says, uh, he sang, sang. What do you mean sang? Of course they were sang. My Tamer Lomar Lamer. What does it mean saying? Answering. He said that Shira has to be back and forth. Responds. One, I think in music there's a word for that, where one says sings one and then the other sings back and forth. Uh, um, responsively. Responsively, yeah. Responsive reading. There's something to that. Just like when you read the Hallel, he's saying that, that the Shira had that element. That's why it says Lemur. It's interesting uh, that that's an important concept, that it be read responsively. Uh, that brings out something by having a, a leader and, and a person answering. He says, no. It's like you read the Shema, not like Halo. Um, how did they read the Shema? I guess they didn't read the Shema responsively. Um, so he disagreed. Uh, I don't know how, uh, I'm not sure what, how he does with the Lamor, but uh, there's some kind of argument there. Another argument, um, a very interesting argument. There was a famous character in history called Eov, a whole book about him, and we don't even know who he was or if he existed, but he was famous. Um, and uh, Eov um, went through a lot of suffering, and um, uh, the, uh, there's a concept of Eov because people have um, 
Refutner says that most people in life have what he calls Yemei Ava and Yemei Sinna, the days of love and the days of hate. That uh, There's times in life where people suffer. There's times in life where people go through difficult times. And the book of Eev uh, speaks to that. So the question is, how did Eev relate to Hashem during those days? So, He said, that he still loved Hashem during those times. Um, he says, uh, even if Hashem kills me, I still hope to him. And that, that's understood that I still love him. Rashi He loved God. He never, uh, let him kill me, I still love him. That doesn't, uh, uh, unconditional love. Oh, but it's not so simple because you could interpret it as a question or an answer. If he kills me, uh, will I need mitzapa or any mitzapa? Will I still love him? Was he threatening him? If God, if you kill me, I'm not going to love you anymore. <laughs> was he saying or was he not saying? Was, was he making a condition or not? Let's see the Rashi. Shakal mishko shabamakriya, like you could make the argument either way. Was he of saying to Hashem a statement that, of course, I will still love you? Or was he saying, I won't? If you kill me, I won't praise you anymore. Oh, uh, oh that's it. It can be I won't or I will. Uh, that's what you might think. But there's another Pasik that says, until I die, I won't, um, I will not take away my wholeness, wholesomeness with you. So, Reb Yeshua ben Horkinus, he felt, he brought proofs from the Psukim. The first Pasik you could go either way on. The second one says, it proved he served Hashem out of love. Amr Yeshua, Yeshua said, He said, oh, it's interesting why Reb Yochan Benzakeh, they wanted to bring back from the dead. I don't know the, um, uh, but he said, if only I could bring up the dirt from you. You always said we can't prove he did it out of love. He maybe it was out of fear. The verse described him as fear. It didn't describe him as love. Yeshua, your student, said he did it from love. What's interesting is. Is this on the on the burner for the discussion in the Sanhedrin? Did they argue about pshat in the psukim, or was it that this is important in life to stress love or to stress fear? Like, is that a message for us? Like, uh, 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 to understand. But either way, it made it into the Mishnah of Bobayom. There, there was somebody who was waiting to talk about this, wanted to throw that question out. How do you define Eiv? Was it love or was it fear? Okay, we'll stop here at the Gemara.